Live from 50th and Capitol Avenue in the Big O, this is Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone, 1620thezone.com and 1620thezone TV. Now here's Gary, Nick, and Jimmy. You're cooking with gas. Hey, happy Wednesday. It's Mornings with Sharp and Hanley, 1620 The Zone. Welcome to all of the 1620 The Zoners in the stream. It's Nick and Jimmy today. Gary's traveling up north to what What? What? what did we find out? It was going to be in the 30s? Oh, yeah, tropical. In North Grand Dakota? Grand Force could push 40. Yeah. And a big uh, North Dakota swing for the Omaha men's basketball team as they play tomorrow night. We've got hoops it tonight, could, it though. It could be pantless Wednesday up there, actually. I mean, I would assume 40 that... 40 degrees for them is like 80. Yeah. I would think that uh, the shorts are... Maybe the coming out a little bit out. earlier. Uh, the shorts are coming out for me later. Uh, it's going to be 60 today. Yeah. And it's going to be, I know, breezy, but is it going to be like kind of a warm, well, it's comfortable be a warm breeze? breeze? Yeah. Well, I don't know if a it will be entirely breeze. comfortable, but if the wind's coming from the south, uh, breaking news, it's better than when it comes out of the north. Oh, yes. Very much so. Yeah. So you heard it here look first. At, look at you, scientist, meteorologist. Yep. That's what I'm here for. It's it's good stuff. Um yeah, today. So are you going to play today? I'm not. Um, I mean, the wind might wreak havoc. Might yeah, like the British Open for you. I think I'm, I, but I do want to swing the club, so I'll probably then it counts. Uh, yes, I'll probably go find a bay and uh, and hit into the open. There's actually a few places you could do that now, and I know there are a few courses open. I know Gary encourages this, and I want to do this especially here in this next 48 hours. Uh, if you are somebody that runs a golf course or you work at a golf course and you know you are going to be open today let us know we we would like to know we'd like to pass that info out because i'm sure there's a lot of you that are starting to itch a little bit you're probably looking at the clubs either in the basement or if you're like me which i finally kicked this habit it's very dumb to do uh you still have them in the trunk oh well that no no i that, that was only a thing that i would do uh, when i was drinking when i was yeah, like 21 same. um but uh, you're probably looking at those things and you're staring at them and, and it is uh, it's waste management uh, open week as well which is the party in the pga speaking of drinking yes exactly speaking of drinking and uh, doing so in droves uh it is uh it's it's just you kind of have a little bit of the golf feel today so if you are going to be open and let's be honest our target audience is your target audience. Yes. So you might want to listen. Yes, I think there's a lot of people listening that would, would if they have the time, even to get out for nine holes, they yeah, would like to do Don't so. call into suite. That's no, probably not your nah, target audience. Nah. We're, nah. we're yours. So, uh, yeah, 402-951-1620. Or, you or can, just email me. Yeah, you can email jimmy at 1620thezone.com. And we'll give you those a little bit later on, too. Uh, game day. Creighton, Nebraska, big games for, I would say, similar reasons. And I, and I want to get Can into this a little bit later. we play these damn games any later? <laughs> and then, but see, Jimmy's got it, as people know now, Jimmy's on the pregame too. So at least you don't have to do postgame. Yeah. You know? At least you don't have to do postgame. But yeah, 7.30 tip for the Creighton men tonight, which you can hear all of the pregame action leading right into the broadcast beginning at 6 o'clock. And then we will have... Uh, John out there in Providence at 7. And then tonight out in Chicago, in Evanston, I should say, over at Welsh Ryan Arena, it'll be Northwestern hosting Nebraska. That is a 8 o'clock tip. That's a BTN broadcast. Uh, the Creighton-Providence game is FS2 tonight, if you are Ooh, wondering about second. that. Yeah, the, the deuce. So a lot of hoops you heard there in the open. 
I was saying to Jimmy, I, I had to stop myself at first. I said, man, college basketball sucks this year. And then I had to stop myself because that's not the best way to put it. College basketball it is just... suck as long as your team's doing well. That's true. Well, it's just so much more wide open. See, if Nebraska makes the tournament this year, Husker fans are like, well, yeah, college basketball sucked this year, but we got in. Or, or if they win a game. Yeah. Creighton, same thing. Yeah, it may suck this year, but you know what? We're in, and we well, made a and, run. And that's a good point, Jimmy, because that's that, a you problem. That's why I think of, like, last night. You heard the highlights there where, okay, Iowa State, hey, they won, and they, they were supposed to. But I, I'm thinking of North Carolina. North Carolina now loses for the second time in, third, in three tries uh, to unranked teams. They lost to Georgia Tech last week. They lose to unranked Clemson last night at home, mind you. And it's just it, – this has been a theme where you look at – Teams in the top 10, we've talked about how many times that a top 10, AP top 10 team has lost to unranked teams. It's, I don't know if it's a record this year, but it is at the number is, is very high. You've got, and then this is maybe more reason to appreciate UConn. And I'm going to say this too more reason to probably appreciate what you're seeing from Purdue because. As much as the shine is on UConn, and I know Gary is is Team UConn, and I don't blame him because they're good. I, and I'll get to UConn here in a moment, but I'm thinking about all the chaos that has ensued in college basketball when you are in the top five and you take on all comers and you're in a competitive conference. We know the Big Ten isn't as deep as it has typically been in the men's basketball product. But since that night in Lincoln in early January, remember remember the snowstorm, Jimmy? Well, you know what? You look Trust outside. Me, I remember the snowstorm. I do too. Nick. And it feels like it was a while ago because I look outside and there is not a speck of snow on the ground. And there's not even wet streets anymore. We've got dry streets that probably still have a lot of salt and sand on them. And you've got green grass. It's actually a lot greener than it typically would be in February too. You've got noticeable grass as far as the eye can see. So that tells you it's been a while since Purdue has lost a oh, game. Oh, this went back to Purdue. I thought you were wanting snows. What the hell's wrong hell no. with you? But that was the last time when Purdue lost a game to Nebraska in that early January. Since then, they have rattled off seven in a row. They've beat teams that I wouldn't say are world beaters up until Can't last apologize week. apologize for who you play. You just got to beat them. And you know what? That, that was a big road win that they had on uh, Saturday against Wisconsin. Or sorry, sorry, Sunday against Wisconsin. So what they've done, too, you start to maybe look at Purdue a little bit and say, okay. So what UConn is doing, you look at the teams that are one and two right now, respectively, in the AP Top 25, those are teams that are starting to get into form. And we're going to get into this part of the conversation with Nebraska and Creighton because as I've stated many times on the show in February, I compare it to, again, using the golf theme, when you think of Saturday being moving day is where you're jockeying like for position. I like that metaphor, though. Yes. I think, when I you think, said it, I, I used it. Hoops in February for college basketball teams that are legitimate NCAA tournament teams. This is where you position yourself not only as what type of seed you're going to get in your conference and hopefully in the NCAA tournament, but who, what, what are you going to be when you're in the postseason that matters? What type of team are you going to be? What can we count on from you after what we see the body of work in February? Yeah, February, I, I, I'm with you. February is moving month, and in March you let your nuts hang. Mm-hmm. That's, right, that's basically what it is. Well, and you've, you've been around enough college basketball to know 
you know, sometimes February comes with, okay, well, well, let's say that things are rolling for a team and all of a sudden you suffer a devastating injury. Oh, well, if that happens in February, guess what? You're going to have to deal with that in March. So, at least you have time to prepare for it. Exactly. Look at Kenyon Martin in 1998. He breaks his leg in the conference tournament. That ends Cincinnati's chances. They yep. might have won it all that year. Exactly. They were the best team. Uh, you know, Creighton uh, a couple of years ago when they, when they played Kansas in the round of 32 game, they had some unfortunate oh, yeah. injuries as well. <laughs> I actually forgot they played. Yeah. It was a great game, Which is too. weird, considering a, a where that, I live now. And why do I? Yeah. And a year Kansas, I mean, it was the most recent national championship, too. Well, but in a year that KU well, won the national championship hurt for you along the way, yeah. And well, and it's, player for and the, that's, the championship and that's part of his ankle constantly. That's part hey, of it. You need luck. Sometimes you need breaks. The path will open up for you. But I'm I'm looking at last night, and this is where I'll go back to UConn. UConn just look. We, we can we can get into UConn's personnel, okay? And and for anybody who's watched them. You know the names, okay? You know the Klingons. You know the the Carabans. You know the Newtons. Stefan Castle's been outstanding as a freshman. I mean, there, there are they, they've got so many good players, and they got some options off the bench as well. But what I watched, and, and this maybe was more noticeable because I was watching it from start to finish, every little detail I possibly could, when UConn hosted Creighton a couple weeks back in stores. That game, I mean, offensively was just, it was uncomfortable to watch. It was awful. But how do you, how do you withstand a really bad shooting night? How, how are you able to, like when you're a pitcher and you don't have your stuff, you still got to be out there on the mound. You still got to try to put your team in a position to win. How do you compete? What's your, what's your level of toughness? And, and this is the Danny Hurley, I think, mindset. And the, the thing that I would assume that he's probably more proud than the twenty-one and two record right now is that there is a there is a physical presence to this team that they can kind of it's almost like they can kind of bully and bully some offense out of them on on a cold shooting night because they are physical defense with travels, you. Your defense is your constant. Yes, but even beyond the defense, like and you're right, defensively, you know, physical what they you know what they have in the paint with Klingon. I mean, all all of those things matter. But the way a game is being officiated, if you're able to maybe get away with certain things, even offensively to get position, even on second chance opportunities to maybe you weren't necessarily in the the legal position as it's seen in, in the uh, NCAA or in the referee's eyes, but you're able to kind of muscle your way in position to get a second or third opportunity too. They, there's a toughness with this team, with this UConn team. That when you look at a very talented backcourt and a premier big man, they're the favorite to do it again. I think so, and, and I don't, I don't. And it's still tough to repeat. There's a reason why not many repeat. So that's the story. When we head into the tournament, I'm most interested to watch is, all right, that's the best team on paper. Mm-hmm. That's the best team going into the tournament. That being said, if they get the wrong matchups, just like anyone, I mean, it's any team. If you get the right matchups, we talk about Kansas and 22, all the breaks literally uh, that they went their way sprains and whatnot that's those are the things that you kind of need to have that can change completely so for UConn you think right now what is February 7th you could say oh they're going to roll they're going to roll in the tournament yeah how many times did that actually happen I don't even know and, and that's the, the thing about UConn is champion might be someone we have no idea about right now that we're not even talking about because it hasn't revealed itself yet this is the thing I like about UConn. If I'm a UConn fan waking up this morning, you're obviously happy with the the win against Butler. We saw Butler come into Omaha this last weekend and just basically outshoot 
Creighton. You're heading to your local Dunkin' and you're getting your cup of coffee. And you know. I, I think I think you got to look at this team and say, man, 71-62. Again, offensively not flashy at all, but just tough. And that I think if you're UConn, you expect to be in those types of games, especially in March. And this, this is exactly this is where I would feel even better. I mean, yeah, I, f- I feel great that I that I have a caravan. I feel great that I have a, a Newton football analogy. They got a great offensive line and they're going to run the ball. Yeah. And, and, and beat the hell out of you. And even when, when a team really wants to push on them, if a team is knocking some shots down, go and push a little bit. We'll push back. Yep. Can you handle what they're going to bring physically and what they're going to like? I, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge Alex Caravan fan. Uh, I, I think Stefan Castle is one of the premier freshmen that you're seeing right now, and he's coming up in, in big moments. Uh, Cam Spencer's a great player. Tristan Newton's a great player. We mentioned Donovan Klingon now that he's healthy. But you can have all those great players, but if there is a quality of when a team is hot and maybe a team themselves are a little bit more physical, they want to try to bully you, and all you are is kind of surface talent, but you don't have a little bit of that grit. I know I'm kind of getting like coach speak cliche. No, that's okay. But I this know. is what you. This is I've what been I, around it. I know. This the is what I noticed from UConn. This is what I noticed from UConn. Like I think it is in a way kind of rare that the physicality and toughness sort of match the talent. Because usually you'll see some uber talented teams, and sometimes that talent is just enough to get them across the finish line. Other times you have a team that maybe what they lack. This is a perfect example because we brought them up not that long ago, and you remember this team. 2012 Kansas. 2012 Kansas wasn't this amazingly flashy, super gifted, most talented team Bill Self ever ever had, but they were veterans and they were kind of tough. Yeah, about this time, they remember saying they're not very good. Yeah. I remember I said on the air uh, where I was working at the time, no team with Connor Tehan, no, no disrespect to Connor, <laughs> right. uh, no team with Connor Tehan starting is going to win the championship. And then they. Damn near, nearly yeah. did, and he was a big part of it. And that hit the corporate knowledge that team had. And you're right. And I've said for years, self's best teams have been veteran led teams. teams. Yeah, as much as flashes about the one and duns and all that. And listen, they have to play the game. Uh, they all, all the blue bloods have to play the game of oh, we got to go get the flashy one and done. Yeah. But at Kansas, and for some teams it works that way. But at Kansas, for them veteran teams and i think in general veteran there's something to be said about veteran teams and the leadership why do you think nebraska's having the year they're having they have a lot of uh, veterans it's not a young team creighton same thing some corporate knowledge hey you have your new players but you still have your core yep. of dudes that have been there that have been in it and you talk about when you go play a yukon i guarantee you when creighton plays yukon again they're going to play a lot better I'm not saying they're going to win or lose, but they're going to play a lot better. Like they'd and they're shoot not better. going to back down from that because they know what's coming. Mm-hmm. Younger teams would be just frightened. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, they just got, got in our head. So, yes, I, I, I agree. There's still something to be said about having vets. Well, and think I about like George Allen. Right think now. about the way that Bill Self pushes his teams. And I'm aging people out with what I'm saying. And you got to have guys that respond well. Like That's why I think for Bill Self, Coach teams, veterans get it. They can handle it. It's not a, a foreign concept to when them. It's, it's not overwhelming. And everyone's against you. Yep. You're not panicking. Well, You're and just playing. I think of some of the characters on that team. Okay, Travis Relaford, who I think is probably one of the most underrated players to ever put on a Kansas. He was uniform. one of my favorites. His teammates called him Big Homie. Yeah, and, he, he, was just and cool. he was. He was just. He was just kind of a smooth operator. But again, from a, from a talent standpoint, you would never mistake him for one of the best players that Bill Self ever had. I think of Thomas Robinson, a great big, Solid. but even tougher dude. Mm-hmm. And then you think of like, you know, uh, an Elijah Johnson and some of those players. Again, not the most skilled players that he have ever recruited, but, but tough, tough guys. 
and in tough, tough and key he's positions. Just tough, he's just tough. <laughs> you know, he just you know he he, he, he makes shots, and and, and 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 we had Jeff Withy in the middle. And, <laughs> Jeff Withy, exactly. And, 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 and we would funnel our defense in the middle, and he blocked shots, and it, it was great, just terrific. <laughs> but so. I see. And, and what did they run into, though? They ran into a overly talented Kentucky team. And they just the Anthony Davis. And it overwhelmed Which is them. fair. Exactly. And, and that's the example. Most teams are veteran-led. But you know what? But that Kentucky Kansas, team was so talented. Kansas hung in that game, at least. And I always said if they had one more four-minute stretch, and I can't believe you. I didn't expect you to get me going down this road today. But I remember there was a— I just said that, the media, that team I remember so vividly. At the under-four media in the championship in the second half, I remember self-winking at the team, and I said to my now wife, uh, I said, they're going to win. You know, how do you know? It's like, because we always used to say— if you're going to get them, you need to get them the first weekend because that's yep. when they're going to be tightest. That's when Bill Self's going to be tightest. Yep. Normal years. Last year was he was. Oh yeah. There. Once you get to the second weekend, but once it's you get like, the second okay. weekend, then mm-hmm. I'm not betting against. Yep. Regardless of what the field is and who yep. he has and what, unless there's some sort of catastrophic injury along the way, right. And then if you get to the third weekend, then I'm putting all my money on them. Well, I don't I, care who they're playing. And yeah, they may run into a Villanova like an 18, but then there's a situation like 22 where they run into that Villanova and then they run into that. It's just how it goes. I think the reason I remember them, because I remember seeing them on a big Monday game. I actually went to, to Fog Allen for a big Monday game and they played Baylor. I, I go to a lot of Kansas Baylor games. It just happens that way. Yeah, chip gains. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I'll, I remember watching the Final Four game against Ohio State with a bunch of friends over at DJ's and just... You dug in? I, du- I did. I, well, I, I dug into the both the food and the liquid. But I remember that that Ohio State team. You had, you had Jared Sullinger, you had Kraft. I mean, it, yeah. it was probably a, a slightly more talented team than Kansas, but not nearly as tough. Kansas outlasts them, ends up beating them, comes from behind, beats them. It was a good game. And then they just could, you know, you had Anthony Davis. You, you had such a good And they had some other Kentucky dudes that team. weren't like just one and dones on that. They, yeah, they, they, yeah Teague, 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 I think Teague, I'm Teague. Teague, you thought was like a senior. I think he was a sophomore. Really good. Team. <laughs> but anytime, yeah, you actually had a sophomore in that in that lineup. They so had the swag, obviously, they had Cal with his swag. But people forget just how special. Maybe they don't, but how special oh, Anthony Davis was. Yeah. And that's why when healthy, he's still pretty darn good. Yes. But it's just never been able to stay healthy. And even back then, but that year he was. And yeah, I remember he had a big block where he said that this is his house, which I did not know the mm-hmm. Superdome was his house. But you learn something new every day. Yeah. I mean, they, Michael Kidd Gil, Gilchrist was a stud. I mean, they they had they had dudes after dudes. But you know, I kind of bring this back to UConn, where I think UConn, their roster far more talented than what that that 2012 KU team was, that finished runner up to that amazing Kentucky team. That's a more talented team, but there's a toughness with UConn that I see in in that Kansas team. That you've seen in other teams that well, have they might overcome be better, some, even though they don't have Snell go anymore, they might be better. I, I agree. I just I, I feel like this is what I've started to really enjoy about them. Again, you could look at them from a preseason standpoint and non-conference, and you could look at the roster and just be like, and, and already be fine with that. Which there's no reason not to. It's when you start to get into February when you are showing an ability to, despite maybe an off shooting night, to be able to still out tough a team and that's what i'm seeing out of uconn and usually when you're sitting there towards the top or now at the top throughout the season you maybe lose a little bit of of that teams are just they're throwing everything they can out at you and you're still able to kind of deflect it so 
UConn has looked like that. Purdue just quietly has been winning games ever since that loss to Nebraska. So as I as we came on the air this morning and I said, man, college basketball sucks because I was reacting to the North Carolina. Not sucks. That is the worst way to, to describe it. No, it's no, just, it's okay. It's just so much more wide open, which I, in what we do and what we love when it comes to chaos and everything that comes with March Madness, this, I think, sets up for what is a very exciting opportunity, especially for our local teams, for Creighton to try to get not only get back to the second weekend, but go even beyond what they were able to accomplish last year and try to get to that final four. Are you four. saying maybe there's a lot of bad basketball nationally? I, I, I think I, I think there's a lot of... It's okay. to it's There is. There's there, a lot there of is. games. I'm like, why am I watching There this? is a lot of bad basketball. This is two yeah. hours of my life I'm not getting back. And there's I, I would say there's there's less elite basketball. But... That could mean, like you're saying, a wide open tournament, at which point if you get a wide open fun tournament and you get a really good field into the final four and you get a good champion, good championship game, uh, hell, even get good semifinals, you're not going to care what it looked like February 7th. This is where I say, okay, let's any one of the teams, doesn't matter. You can play Creighton, Nebraska, whatever. The rest of college basketball, not UConn, but a lot of college basketball, you could say, well, it kind of sucks. However... Like I said, you're saying, that's a you problem. Our team's pretty good. We're having a good year. We're mm-hmm. having fun with it. Good. Then you know what? When you play us, make sure you suck a little bit more so we can get our win. And that's how you see it. Yeah. it's it, And we'll get into... And I think we will have a really good tournament. I'm excited. Despite I, I all think, this stuff, I think we're going to have a really good tournament. I, I think it has a chance to be... I hope so. I think it has a chance to be really well. Because of the fact that we talked about what we've been talking about right now, where I think there are, there are good teams. two teams that have really separated themselves from the pack. But it it leaves the other 66 teams that are involved. And, and this is why I start looking at what's going on in Lincoln. That, I mean, I feel very confident that they're going to make the NCAA tournament. That this is a team, if they get into it, okay, once you get in there, which I think people will just celebrate that alone because it'd be the first time since 2014. That is great. Yeah. But then the conversation always pivots to, okay, can they win that first ever game and finally get themselves off of that very, very exclusive yet not <laughs> exclusive in a good way list of the only Power 5 uh, school to not win a NCAA tournament game. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of opportunity, I would say, with the field of 68 this year. That's probably the best way to look at it. But North Carolina losing again last night, uh, that was interesting. And it, just, it goes to show you whether you're at home or on the road, especially on the road, it is tough to win in college basketball right now. And and I think a lot of that is also because of a lot of older rosters. We're starting to finally see the COVID year begin to phase itself out, but you still have a lot of guys, extra years, older players, played a lot of college basketball all across the board. College is fun. Yeah. And so what you what you might not get every night consistently if you're one of those programs that's, you know, hovering around 500 or below, you still got that opportunity on any given night to have that big night. You're saying if you're not good this year, it's like, oh man, what more do you need? Yeah. We can't be good this year. Well, yeah, because I mean, there there is a lot of the, a lot of that that experience, those veterans all across the board that you know is is giving. I think some of those teams like last night, like a Clemson, a chance to win a basketball game against a much more talented North Carolina team. They almost beat Duke mm-hmm. too. Yep. So maybe they're not too bad. Yeah. I remember they were good when Rick Barnes coached them. I just remember when the ACC was actually a Good. very deep conference. Yeah, Man, that's they used to have their own night. Was it uh, their night was Thursday? Yes, 
Yeah. You'd always get the, the big ACC game. Damn, yeah. I, I that, miss, that's usually when Duke, North Carolina would play. That's a, that's a different that conversation, but man, I you've said it before, and Gary has too. I, I miss Big Monday. I miss Super Tuesday. I, yep, I Super miss, Tuesday. You'd always get the great Big Ten games. Yeah. And, yep. Uh, today we're also following. Now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> You just got to adjust. Every night's a big night in college basketball oh, now. That's what it is. I mean, it could be Friday night. It just that's that's what it is. Uh, we are we're we're following it because Nebraska does have because they're good some um, potential news today of National Signing Day. Usually, this was the day. This is where we'd wake yeah, up. All of the National recruiting services. Day? Oh yeah, recruiting services guys. They would be. They'd already be on like their fifth cup of coffee at, at this point of the, the morning. Faxes would be rolling yep. in. Make sure the fax machine's plugged in. It's got ink. Everyone is, you got someone who's designated to be manning that thing. And, and it's just done a little bit differently these days. And especially February's significance compared to December. But Nebraska with already a, a pretty well-stocked 2024 recruiting class could add two today. Keona Wilhite will make his announcement official between UCLA and Nebraska. That'll be on uh, the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. They'll be doing that live uh, a little bit later on this morning. So we will keep you up to date on that. But again, a lot of the crystal balls are in the direction of Nebraska when it comes to Keona Wilhite. He is the defensive lineman edge out of Arizona. And so we will see. He was uh, previously uh, committed to Washington. He decommitted. It looked like UCLA was in the driver's seat for that, although Keona Wilhite, by all indications, seemed to really, really like Tony White, really like the flexibility of that scheme in the 3-5 defense, 3-5-5 defense. So, 3-5-5, that wouldn't make sense. 3-5-5? Um, yeah. 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 You know what I mean. But, um, Might be a penalty. He looks like that will... Well, okay, we shouldn't say will, but... Looks good. Looks good for Nebraska. Then you also have a Wisconsin decommit from back in December in the person of Kamir Prescott. He is a safety listed as an athlete, but it sounds like he would be seen as a safety from uh, Newman Gorietta in Philadelphia. He de- decommitted from Wisconsin early in December, and now the crystal balls are also pointing towards Nebraska. So that is another one that we will get wind of at one point. Also, a note for today, and I would have turned tuned into the Connor Happer show and heard the yeah we work Matt Rule press conference uh, that has been pushed to three o'clock today. So Matt Rule will speak at three o'clock, and it won't be on the Connor Happer show. No, it will not. I'm assuming the our unless, afternoon guys unless, will have it, unless Connor has like this big sit-in where he says, yeah, "I'm maybe, not leaving." Yeah, maybe it'll be, just be an extended crossover. So. You do have those things to kind of keep an eye on. Um, Kamir Prescott, who was in Lincoln for the spring game, by the way. Uh, it seems like there is definitely some some smoke with that as well. So could Nebraska land two additional to what has already been a very impressive, solid, we could just call it Matt Rule's first real recruiting class. Everything was kind of pieced together when he got here last year at the end of November. Now you had a chance to go through the preseason of football, the season itself, now into the offseason and be able to really fine-tune this 2024 class. It's amazing. It keeps growing and likely will grow more today. So we will keep you up to date on all of that when it comes to National Signing Day. The big news today, too, 
when it comes to the Matt Rule press conference. I shouldn't say big news, but we will get to hear from Glenn Thomas, the not Glenn newest, Miller. not no, not him, but the newest addition to the Nebraska not coaching Glenn staff, Campbell. and a very important one. Uh, for that as well as the quarterback coach and also the co-offensive coordinator might have had a chance to hear him speak on the network um, a week ago but this is where he'll actually get to field some questions talk a little bit about uh, his vision when it comes to not just quarterback and quarterback development which I think obviously is going to be a, a big part of the conversation but any inkling to how that collaboration between he and Marcus Satterfield and obviously Matt Rule who's you know, being the head coach can have the final say on everything, but that collaboration between he and Marcus Satterfield when it comes to what they want to do offensively and how they can see this offense take a much needed major step forward for Nebraska this season. You like what you got with the defense. You like what you got with Tony White. You like what you got as far as the personnel coming back. Good news for Nebraska is they've got some dudes coming back, but that one position that has been a, a problem, especially last year, is finding that consistent play out of the quarterback position and likely doing so with a true freshman, albeit a very talented freshman. So how does that look? I think it'll be a lot of interest to hear what Glenn Thomas has to say. Uh, Matt Rule, again, he will speak as well. So a lot coming up this afternoon here on sort of – and I don't even know what we call this. This is the, the last – this is the final signing period of the 2024 season. But – it just doesn't have the same type of shine, doesn't have the same type of anticipation because all the heavy lifting, for the most part, is done in December. This is where if you're you know, a new coach to a new program, this is obviously probably a bigger day for you because you're trying to pull off some 11th hour miracles and trying to solidify a class that you're most likely inheriting. But for a team like Nebraska, I mean, right now I think it's all just gravy. I like gravy. Who doesn't like gravy? If you don't like gravy, I've got nothing for I'm you. A white gravy guy. Yeah, I've got. I, I've absolutely got nothing for you. Uh, speaking of offensive coordinators talking to the media, uh, Tim Lester, the new offensive coordinator for Iowa, spoke yesterday too. And some interesting takeaways that I want to get into with uh, the new Iowa offensive coordinator and our friends that are across the river and well. Some that just reside here in the great state of Nebraska, too, that uh, listen to the show. Iowa J.D. being one of them. Morning, J.D. Uh, I actually, I'll get into it a little bit later, but I'll, I'll say this. Not a bad job by the O.C. yesterday. Not a bad job at all. Obviously, he'll be judged seven months from now. When You're saying they Air Iowa? Hit the field. Air Hawkeye? How about RPO Iowa? Huh? Yeah. That's a start. The <laughs> Hawk raid. It's a start. But yeah, it were some interesting things that he had to say and just seemed like a, a, a very, very confident uh, individual. But we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, you can weigh in on the conversation at all today. Uh, again, we've got Nebraska hoops tonight, Nebraska Northwestern, Creighton Providence. Um, of course, you'll hear that game right here on 1620 The Zone if you want to get into any of that. And Super Bowl 58, we are days away oh, yeah, from that as well. Yes, indeed. Uh, 402-951-1620, that is the number to the 42-degree hotline, the source by your mom's house. You can also hit us up on the Equitable Bank inbox. They take banking personally. And you can email me, Handley, at 1620thezone.com or Jimmy at 1620thezone.com. And then, of course, the JTEC Construction Zone Twitter feed always open for you. I am at Nick Handley 1620 as we get things rolling here, coming back, what to look for with Nebraska's 
2024 recruiting class, not only today, but what this could mean for the Matt Rule era. Also, Nebraska did get a decommit for the 2025 class. We'll tell you all about that as we return, and we'll get into hoops. We'll get into the Super Bowl and so much more. Glad you are with us here on a hump day of mornings with no Sharp and um, that's going to be more of a Friday conversation. Okay. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll get a couple of the puppies on to, to talk to them, see how they're feeling about the big All game right. as well. Yeah. It is mornings with Sharp and Ailey, 1620 The Zone.